0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. The Bible says that you and I as believers are raised with Christ. It actually says that we are already seated with Him in heavenly places. Now you can see where I'm seated. Does this look like heaven to you? I know it's beautiful, but it's not heaven. And yet somehow in Christianity we must understand and wrestle through this truth that I am physically seated on earth, but I am spiritually seated in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is trying to describe the resurrection of Christ and how it applies to us and how we have resurrection in us. And he compares Jesus to Adam. He says, Adam is the man of dust from the earth. Jesus is the heavenly man. And then in verse 48, he says, As was the man of dust, so are we who are of dust. As is the man from heaven, so are we, the heavenly men. And 1 John 4 verse 17 says, We don't need to fear judgment. Why? Because as Jesus is, the resurrected Christ, so are we now in this world. Now, how do you get your head around that? I'm seated here on earth, but I'm seated in heaven. I am a man of dust with a fleshly body, but I'm also a spiritual heavenly man with all of these powers and blessings and and glory that comes with being in heaven. How do we put those two together? That's what this series is all about, Raised with Christ. We've spoken about dying with Jesus. Because all the verses say, unless we die, we can't rise with Him. So we die to our old life. We spoke about being buried through baptism. What a glorious thing to be able to be put under the water and raised up. And that's a picture of us being buried with Jesus and then raised with Him. We spoke about his resurrection body when he walked around for 40 days on earth. After he rose again, he ate, he spoke, he interacted with people, but he had a different body. It was full of power and glory. 1 Corinthians 15 says, the the body is sown in corruption. That means decaying, but it is raised in incorruption. It cannot decay. It is sown in dishonor. That means we have shame in our natural bodies. But our raised body is, sown in, is raised in glory. No shame. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural physical body. It is raised a spiritual body. And Jesus showed what that body was like when he interacted. And we've looked at that and tried to glean. How do I live and walk around as a spiritual being in a physical earth suit? How do I do that? And now today, we're on the next phase, which speaks about him seated in authority and glory. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul prays that we would understand what is the exceeding greatness of God's power toward us who believe. (laughs) He said believing and having the eyes of your understanding or the eyes of your heart opened are the same thing we got to just see. we got to see an invisible realm. The power aqu- toward us who believe. And then he describes that power according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. He says, that's what's true for you. And in fact, the, the next chapter, chapter two, he says, you were dead in tresp- trespasses and sins, but uh, verse Five, He says, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, verse 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Jesus died, was buried, rose again, and was seated in glory. We are the same. But now I want to just read you verse 20 one and onwards from Ephesians chapter one. So he's trying to get us to understand. And this is the part I want us to really focus on today. He says, uh, he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So today we're talking about this place of seated in authority. Yes, we have to die with him, but don't stay there. Yes, we have to be buried with him in baptism, but don't stay there. Yes, we have to rise again and and understand how we operate in this resurrection body in this physical earth. Yes, but don't stay there. We've got to go to the place where we are seated in authority with Jesus. Let me read those verses to you again. He seated him in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That is quite an extraordinary statement. He goes to great lengths to show us that there is nothing above Jesus now. Let me put it another way. He is the head or the boss or the king, the main authority over everything now. When he died, was buried, rose again, and ascended to glory, he became the head over all things. All principalities, that means any kind of authority structure on earth. All powers, that means those who may not have a title, but are strong and influential. All might and dominion, that just excludes nothing. And every name that is named, if you can come up with a a thought or a name, Jesus is above it. Hallelujah. Can you think of things that are threatening you? You know, in the Old Testament, it was names like Goliath, Philistines, uh, these names that were scary to people. And God helped them to overcome, but it was a, a wrestle. It was a fight. But in the New Testament, Jesus has risen above every name, every sickness, every opposition, every sin, every fear, every worry, every addiction and habit, Jesus is above, far above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. There's no time limit. He's outside of time. And then it says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So, stay with me as I try to work through this with you as to what this means for us. What does it mean that Jesus is in authority? And what does it mean for us that we are seated in authority? First of all, what does it mean that he took that position of authority? So, let me play a little bit of the devil's advocate, the other side of the the argument. Some will say, hold on a second, Jesus is God. Jesus was God at the beginning when creation happened. Jesus has always been God. How can you say that he only now became head over everything? What about two days before he was crucified? What about two years before? What about 20 years before? Was he not head over everything? Was he not God? Was he not the Lord of all? Now, that's an important question. Sometimes we just gloss over it. We use uh, glib little Christian phrases like, uh, uh, the, the, Lord, the Lord is in control or, or everything happens for a reason or whatever. And we just ignore the fact that it was only after he died that Jesus is said to be head over everything. What is that all about? Well, it's very, very important that we understand this. You know, Jesus, when he came, he understood that his role, his job, his task was to overthrow the devil. First John says that the reason he came was to destroy the works of the devil. Acts chapter 10 said he went about doing good and healing all of those who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. And just before he died in John 12 verse 31, Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Jesus called the devil the ruler of this world and he said he would be cast out. So, something happened. I really want you to get this. Something happened. You know, if we read the Old Testament and the New Testament all as under the same authority structure, we won't understand them. Something happened when Jesus died and rose again and went up to heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father that transferred authority. Now, I know some people are saying, Whoa, what are you saying? God's not in authority. You know, I'm an authority over my house, but as my children were growing older, I delegated authority over their bedrooms to them. Now, I still had the right to go in and rip everything out and move everything if I wanted to. But because I'm a good, loving dad who wants his children to grow, I delegated authority and I said, you can do what you like with your room, set it up as you like within, within parameters. <laughs> and they did, and I never went in and interfered with it. It's the same with God. He says, I give delegated authority. Right at the start in Genesis, he gave delegated authority to human beings over planet Earth. And it's repeated again in Psalms and various places. But then man gave it to the devil. And we know that because when the devil tempted Jesus, In the desert, in Luke chapter 4, it says he showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, these are all mine. They were given to me and I can give them to whomever I choose. Just worship me and I'll give them to you. And Jesus said, no, I'm only going to worship God. So it's very important that we understand something changed. The devil had the right to do various terrible things on earth because Adam and Eve had given it away. And Jesus came to take it back. And he did it. He succeeded. He won. Absolutely amazing. Listen to this verse, Colossians 2 verse 15. Just before this, it goes through exactly the same process or description that I've just described in Ephesians 1, where it says, we have this power and we were dead and we were raised with Christ and we are now seated with him in heavenly places. Colossians 2 goes through exactly that same progression. And in verse 15, it says, Uh, God, having disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, in the cross. Jesus disarmed the principalities and powers. When the Bible speaks of principalities and powers, it's almost always speaking about demonic evil forces. He disarmed them. What does disarm mean? It means there's a a row of, of enemy troops, And Jesus went up and he took away all their weapons, all their power, all the authority that they had to hurt me and others. He took it away. He disarmed them. They no longer had the power to hurt, to kill, to destroy. The only power they still have is being able to lie, which is what they had before Adam and Eve fell, is the ability to lie. And we have the choice of whether we believe that lie or not. They are disarmed. It says he disarmed them. He took away their authority. They had authority. They had pomp and position before. They had delegated authority. Adam and Eve had given them the right to control things on the, in the world. They were the rulers of the world. Jesus said, I'm going to cast out the rulers. And when Jesus came, he lived a life without sin. So he never gave in to the devil's temptations. He lived a life of victory where he healed people. He raised the dead. He fed people. He taught people truth. And every time he did that, he was defeating the devil's works. And every time he came up against the devil or his demons, he won. And then he died on the cross. He went to hell and he took the keys of death and Hades and he rose again. And that's why after Jesus rose again, he could say in Matthew 28, All authority has now been given to me. Therefore, you go and make disciples. This may be new to you, this idea. You know, many of us, we've grown up in religious Christian circles, and we just take it as given. God is the king on the throne. He's always been the king. He will always be the king. Everything that happens, he controls. And so we just say, oh, well. But this idea of delegated authority is so important because if we don't understand it, we won't understand how we are seated in authority with Jesus and how there is an enemy. And this is the last point, or the, the, the big point, is that even though the devil has been disarmed, he's been dethroned, he no longer is the rightful ruler of this world, he still is running around lying and trying to deceive people. And we have the job of bringing truth and light and love and pushing back the devil's plans. So let me read on. It says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus gave this authority to the church. He says, I've won it back. I'm now seated in heaven, but I'm giving you my people, my failing, weak, fleshly people. I'm giving you power and authority. I'm seating you in heavenly places and I'm giving you the authority to push back the devil's schemes. It says, he put all things under his feet, made him head over all things to the church, which is his body. He's given us the authority. Did you know that Jesus only mentioned the word church twice in all of the gospels? Jesus only said the word church twice, in Matthew 16 and in Matthew 18. And in both places, it talks about him giving us the keys of the kingdom and whatever we bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. The first time is Matthew 16 where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, who do people say that I am? And they have various ideas. And then Peter says, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus says, wow, God has revealed this to you, Peter. And you are Petros, Peter, a little rock. But on this big rock, Petra, which is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. On this rock, I will build my church. Church, that's the first time he said it. He says, I'm going to build my church on you and on this revelation of me as Messiah. I'm going to build my church. And then he said, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Let me give you a picture of this. Jesus was saying there's this rock of truth that Jesus is the Messiah, which has to be revealed to us by God. And on this rock and people in this rock, he's going to build his church and it's going to progress and grow and grow and grow and grow. And it has to take territory from the devil. And every time the devil has territory, there's some gates, the gates of Hades, and we have the keys of the kingdom to unlock those gates, set people free from hell, and bring them into this kingdom of God. That's what Jesus was saying. I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom to open the gates and let people free from the devil's deception and lies and oppression and slavery. Wow. There's just one passage that I I want to close with, which is so important. It's Psalm 110. David wrote this, and it is the most quoted Old Testament scripture in the New Testament. It just comes up again and again. And you'll hear the same language that we've already been talking about in Psalm 110. It says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Isn't that a familiar phrase? We just read it in Ephesians 1, it says, Jesus sat at the right hand of God and all his enemies were under his feet. It says, the Lord says to my Lord, so God the Father says to Jesus, well done. You've died for the sins of the world. You've been buried and raised again. You've walked around for 40 days. Come up now, sit at my right hand. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. So, we know that Jesus is there, he's already seated, but we know that the devil's still running around, lying, and so there is still there are still enemies around. Verse 2. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, "Rule in the midst of your enemies." Another version says the rod of his strength the, the sign of his authority, the keys of the kingdom, if you like, that Jesus has given to the church. It says the Lord will extend your authority, the rod of your strength, your mighty scepter from Zion. It started in Jerusalem and it goes to the ends of the earth. Jesus said all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations and nationalities. The Lord will extend your authority. It's going to grow. Jesus has done it, but now he gives his church the ability, the authority, the keys of the kingdom to go and set people free from sickness, set people free from lies and deception, set people free from guilt and slavery to sin, set people free to life and joy. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. There's still going to be Enemy forces, the devil's lies all around us, and people who believe his lies. It's almost like they turn into zombies. When people believe the devil's lies, they become agents of him and they're zombies that do what he wants. And so we have people and spiritual forces against us, but we extend the kingdom through truth, through love, through healing, through the gospel, and through authority. When we come up against demonic powers, uh, Jesus said, You can speak to this mountain. Say, Mountain be removed. We can come against things. James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We have the authority. Right, moving on. Verse 3. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle. Arrayed in holy splendor, your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb psalm 110 says that jesus has troops your troops will be willing Uh, the new king james version says your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power friends that's you and me but that little phrase willing or volunteers is the key i have to say lord i want to be part of your army i want to be one of your troops i don't want to be a zombie agent listening to the devil's lies i want to follow you I want to be raised with you, seated in authority with you. I thank you for the keys of the kingdom that you've given me, that I can unlock the gates of Hades and set people free. And I want to extend your kingdom, your troops, your people will be willing volunteers in the day of your power, in the day of battle. Arrayed in holy splendor. He makes us holy, even though we're not holy. In our spirits, we are just like Jesus, pure and holy and full of power and light and glory. Your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. We come every morning. We say, Lord, I'm reporting for duty. Use me in your battle. And it's not a battle where we crush people, where we hurt people. It's a battle where we crush the enemy, the devil's lies, and we rebuke the devil. But we love people and we tell them the truth and we show them God's forgiveness. And every time somebody sees the truth of the gospel, a light goes on in their hearts. The eyes of their hearts are opened. They run out of the gates of Hades and they run into the kingdom of God. And we are depopulating or plundering hell and we are populating heaven. And you say, I'm not up to this task. And I say, I agree, neither am I, but God has made us able and given us this commission and this power, this great commission. Have you ever wondered why it's called the great commission? The thing that jesus said right at the end before he ascended to heaven he said in matthew 28 all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth (laughs) in heaven and on earth the devil used to be the ruler of this world but no no now it's jesus hallelujah now we have the power and the authority to rebuke the devil and he must flee in the old testament they didn't have that in the old testament he was doing all sorts of terrible things But God has given us that. All authority has been given. Go, therefore, you are my troops. You have the keys of the kingdom to set people free. Go, therefore, and make disciples. That means nurturing and making a family of believers, bringing people up in the faith. Not just conversions, but disciples. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Whatever Jesus told the disciples and the followers that he had on earth, he's now telling all of us to do. Whatever they were commanded to do, we are commanded to do. And then he says, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Friends, that's what we as believers are all about. That's what we at Leading Lights are all about. We want to extend God's kingdom. We say we don't deserve these keys, but he's given us the keys of the kingdom. We can pray with authority. We can speak and mountains move. We can resist the devil and he flees. We can preach truth and people are set free. We are seated in authority with Jesus. And we are his troops. We have his rights and power. He's given it to us. It's like a power of attorney. When I give somebody a power of attorney, I say, you can act on my behalf. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. It's not our name. It's not our righteousness. We speak, we act, we preach, we pray, we love in Jesus' name. And as we do that, we are His willing troops in the day of His power. We are extending His kingdom. Have you died with Christ? Have you been buried with Him in baptism? Have you realized you have a resurrection body in you? Have you realized you are seated in authority with Him? Friend, start taking authority. James says, humble yourself and submit to God. Yes, but then resist the devil and he will flee. Start praying some aggressive, angry warfare prayers every day. Start telling disease and lack and deception to get away from you. Start rebuking the enemy and start proclaiming God's victory. And watch how when we walk in an air of authority, not ours, but God's, we walk boldly with our heads high and we say, I am a representative of the king. Things change. Things change. Ephesians 2 says, we are right now seated with him in heavenly places. Friends, are you overcoming Are you overcoming for Christ, or are you undergoing various trials and hardships? The trials and hardships will never go away, but we can be overcomers in them through Christ. Lord Jesus, I pray for my brother or sister, that you will cause them to flourish, to be the head and not the tail, to overcome in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com. And subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.